Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1. And again, Moses' speech is continuing. These are the statutes and the ordinances which ye shall observe to do in the land which the Lord, the God of thy fathers, hath given thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth. 2. Ye shall surely destroy all the places wherein the nations that ye are to dispossess served their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills, and under every leafy tree. The pagans loved oak trees and trees with the big leaves. They loved those kind of trees to worship under. And they would also worship on hills. So oak trees on top of hills were the favorite locations of pagan altars. And that was where they sacrificed their children and did other hideous things. And so God wants those altars destroyed. And those altars were made with hewn rock not natural rocks. And he wants all of their Asherah poles, which are their phallic symbols, which is a sexual thing. They would actually build mounds to worship on. So he wants their hills dissolved and taken down. And any statue of a god like a fish or whatever it is, he wants all of those destroyed. When we have forsaken sin, we need to throw all the trophies out. All the junk that's in our homes that represents sin or led us into sin, all that stuff needs to go. God wants it destroyed. 3. And ye shall break down their altars, and dash in pieces their pillars, and burn their asherim with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and ye shall destroy the name out of that place. So you want to get the name of the gods out of that place. He says, burn the asherim, which means the poles were made of wood. For ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God, meaning ye shall not worship pagan gods. 5. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. His habitation is going to be where the Ark of the Covenant is. That's where they're going to seek the Lord. 6. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and the offering of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and the firstlings of your herd and of your flock. You will always bring it to where the Ark of the Covenant is, which is in the tabernacle. 7. And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. God wants to celebrate with his people, and this is one of the reasons why he makes the feasts. The feasts are to celebrate, and he wants them to eat in his presence at the tabernacle, because he wants to commune with them. He isn't this distant God that's just like watching us from afar like you watch a chess game. He actually wants us to know him personally. And it's so beautiful that he even said that they are to eat with him. The God of all creation wants you to sit down and have a meal with him. And when we enter heaven, there will be a great wedding feast where we're going to sit down and eat a meal with the Lord face to face. 8. Ye shall not do after all that ye do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. We don't get to make up our own law, like atheists always want to do, is they want to make up their own law and say, well, I'm going to do what I think is right, and you do what you think is right. Well, that's not how God operates. God decides what's right and wrong, and we obey Him. We don't make our own decision. 9. For ye are not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth thee. What he's saying is, until you enter heaven, obey my laws. When you enter full rest in my eternal kingdom, everything is going to be different. There will be no temptation in heaven, because there's no evil there, and there's no demons, and there's no Satan. But here on earth, where the demons and Satan are tempting us constantly, we need to consciously 
obey the law and think about it. But in heaven, we're just going to automatically be doing what God wants because there won't be any evil influence to pull us in another direction. 10. But when ye go over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God causeth you to inherit, and he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about, so that ye dwell in safety. 11. Then it shall come to pass that the place which the Lord your God shall choose to call his name to dwell there, thither shall ye bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the offering of your hand, and all your choice vows which ye vow unto the Lord. When they first enter Canaan, they're going to have to fight a lot of wars and battles to take the land over. But when all the fighting has ended, and when they fully own the land, and it becomes the land of Israel, then they will have a, a place, a temple, where they can go and offer sacrifices and tithes to the Lord. And we'll see that when King Solomon becomes king. That's when the fighting will finally be over. All throughout David's kingdom and Saul's and the times of the judges, there will be battles all that time. But in Solomon's reign, there will be peace. They won't have to fight anyone. They will have fully inherited the land, almost completely. But unfortunately, different Israelites will still be offering sacrifices to pagan gods. And then Solomon's kingdom will go downhill. King Solomon is the one who built the first temple. 12. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maidservants, and the Levite that is within your gates, forasmuch as he hath no portion nor inheritance with you. Now again, that means he has no land. It doesn't mean that he has no food and no place to live, because the Levites are going to get cities within the other tribes' lands, and they're going to get all kinds of food and things from serving in the temples. 13. Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. You are not allowed to set up an altar anywhere you want. 14. But in the place which the Lord shall choose, and one of thy tribes, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, and there thou shalt do all that I command thee. That place is going to be Jerusalem. That's going to be where the temple is. 15. Notwithstanding thou mayest kill and eat flesh within all thy gates, after all the desire of thy soul, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee, the unclean and the clean may eat thereof, as of the gazelle and as of the heart. The people are allowed to kill animals and eat them as long as they're killing a clean animal. Unclean people can eat clean animals. We went over what all the clean animals are. They're the ones that choose the cud and have a cloven hoof and all of that stuff because they don't carry diseases and they eat herbs. They're healthier for us to eat. 16. Only ye shall not eat the blood. Thou shalt pour it out upon the earth as water. Even the blood of a clean animal they're not allowed to eat because the blood is life. In the New Testament, that's the only thing that they told the Christians that they should do is don't eat the blood of an animal. You and I really should try hard to avoid this. It's almost impossible to avoid it completely in our society because we're not offered kosher meat. 17. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, or of thy wine, or of thine oil, or the firstlings of thy herd, or of thy flock, nor any of thy vows which thou vowest, nor thy freewill offerings, nor the offering of thy hand. 18. But thou shalt eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gates. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest thy hand unto. He's saying, when you eat from the offerings, because part of it always goes to the priest, part of it goes to God, and then with a lot of the free will offerings, the people who offered it get part of it as well. 
And God says, when you're going to eat part of the offering, you have to eat it in my presence. You don't take it home and forget about me. You eat it at the tabernacle in my presence with me, and you rejoice with me because we're family. And he wants them to celebrate at the feast times and really have a good time and, and grow closer to him when they're celebrating the feasts. 19. Take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon thy land. 20. When the Lord thy God shall enlarge thy border as he hath promised thee, and thou shalt say, I will eat flesh, because thy soul desireth to eat flesh, thou mayest eat flesh after all the desire of thy soul. God is saying, you guys can kill and eat all you want. You can eat animals as long as it's clean animals and you don't eat the blood. You can eat until your heart is content. Those people who claim that eating animals is a sin, they're liars. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that God commanded the Israelites to eat animals, especially during the Passover. They had to eat the lamb. Jesus ate the lamb Passover every year of his life. Plus, he ate fish on a regular basis. He loved fish. It was a food that he ate after he was resurrected and a food that he served to his own apostles after he was resurrected. And he also had his apostles kill fish, gather it from the sea and kill it and eat it and do whatever they wanted with it. But it's not a sin to be a vegetarian. If you don't want to eat meat, that's totally not a sin. And in heaven, I don't think we're going to be eating meat in heaven. I think it's going to be just like the Garden of Eden, where all they ate was fruit and vegetables, because heaven will be absolutely perfect and there's no death in heaven. But as long as we're on this earth, we're fully allowed to eat meat. 22. How be it as the gazelle and as the heart is eaten, so thou shalt eat thereof the unclean and the clean may eat thereof alike. Everybody can eat, even if they're unclean. 23. Only be steadfast in not eating the blood, for the blood is the life, and thou shalt not eat the life with the flesh. 24. Thou shalt not eat it, thou shalt pour it out upon the earth as water. They have to pour the blood into the ground. 25. Thou shalt not eat it, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, when thou shalt do that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. 26. Only thy holy things which thou hast, and thy vows thou shalt take, and go into the place which the Lord shall choose. They have to offer where the Lord says to offer. That way they're not doing anything pagan, and they eat the offering where the Lord says. That way they're communing with the Lord. Now, why do Satan worshipers eat blood? Because everything Satan does is to mock the law of God, and Satan demands that his worshipers drink blood, because God commanded that we don't, because Satan wants us to sin, and it's a direct mockery of God's law. But God will not be mocked, it says in the Bible, and anyone who mocks the Lord, they will be destroyed. But God loves to forgive. He'll forgive any witch, any warlock, any Satan worshiper, anybody in Wicca or tarot cards. He'll forgive all of them. He doesn't want to destroy people. Everyone has an opportunity to repent, but if they don't repent, they will be destroyed. 27. And thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, upon the altar of the Lord thy God, and the blood of thy sacrifices shall be poured out against the altar of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt eat the flesh. 28. Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee, and with thy children after thee forever, when thou dost that which is good and right in the eyes of the Lord thy God. 29. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest in to dispossess them, and thou dispossessest them, and dwellest in their land. 
God is going to cut off the heathen and the pagan nations, and the Israelites will go in and possess Canaan, and it will become theirs. 30. Take heed to thyself that thou be not ensnared to follow them. After that they are destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How used these nations to serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. God said, Don't even be curious about how they practiced their pagan rituals, because you'll end up practicing it too, and then you'll be cursed. 31. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods, for even their sons and their daughters do they burn in the fire to their gods. They all committed child sacrifice, and God absolutely hates that. And that's why Satanists still commit child sacrifice today. Yes, today in 2022, there are Satanists all over the world that are murdering children because that's what they've always done. That's what people who honor false gods have always done since the beginning of time because God hates it, and that's why Satan requires it. The Catholic Church and even Protestant churches today want to assimilate the culture into the church, and God hates this. His people are to be holy. We don't assimilate. We don't bring the outside culture into our church. If we're really following the Lord and we really love Him, it's His way only. We don't bring in Halloween, and we don't bring in rock dancing and rock music that's labeled as Christian. We don't bring in bingo and carnivals. All of that stuff has pagan origins. And that doesn't mean that we hate people who do those things. We just lovingly tell them the gospel and tell them the good news. But we ourselves remain holy and separate from those activities. And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 12.